Welcome to a What's Up Welland, where we're glad to welcome back our friends from Niagara Nutrition Partners, Jessica Stevenson, Program Manager, and Community Development Workers, Lina Leonga and Megan Riley, are here to catch us up on what they do and the terrific impact their programs have not only in Welland, but in elementary and secondary schools across the region. So, without further delay, let's get to it with NNP. Joining me today for one of the last What's Up Welland episodes of this season is an organization that is a true friend of the show, a true friend of the city. Niagara Nutrition Partners is here, and this is the first time three guests have ever joined a host. So, Jessica Stevenson, Program Manager, Lina Lianga, Community Development Worker, and Megan Riley, another Community Development Worker with Niagara Nutrition Partners, are here to talk about the program, what it does within Welland, what it does across, as it's in their name, Niagara. So without further delay, let's get to it with Jessica to kind of recap, you've been on before, but what is Niagara Nutrition Partners? What are you doing for those people who may not be completely aware? It's so good to be here, Paul. Um, happy that you invited us back again. Uh, Niagara Nutrition Partners feeds more than 24,000 uh, elementary and secondary school students a nutritious breakfast, lunch, and or snack daily at uh, 200 plus sites across the Niagara region, 42 of which are right here in Welland. Um, a thousand plus volunteers, compromised of education staff, students, parents, and community partners alike, work the front lines to order, prep, cook, serve, clean up, and prepare budget reports. It's important to mention that all four school boards participate. So the public, Catholic, uh, both public and Catholic French boards, and it really makes it into a true community effort. So with that many school boards participating, with a reach all the way across Niagara, and I mean that, that school board piece is really key, you are a nutrition organization, and the school boards, I mean nutrition education, are a hand-in-hand -hand, um, experience through your organization. What is that link between the nutrition you are bringing to schools and how the students are benefiting, learning, just how does this make their days, their lives that much better? So I'm going to take this question, uh, Megan Riley. I'm a community development worker um, overseeing schools in Niagara Falls. So I can definitely answer um, anecdotally and just with kind of what makes the most sense and what's kind of the most logical answer. So of course, nutrition it fills tummies. It makes children feel satisfied at school, um, and it satisfies that kind of basic need that we all have, which is just to not feel hungry and to be able to concentrate. Um, one important aspect, however, is that our schools do offer foods that meet nutrition guidelines. So they're dietitian approved foods, which means limited sugar, no processed meats, high fiber foods, um, you know, foods that are going to fill their tummies and make them feel satisfied, right? They're not going to boost their, you know, they're not going to create blood sugar imbalances or anything like that. So ultimately, we all know we sit in our office, we sit at our desks, we get hungry, we feel like we need to eat. Mm -hmm. We need to be satisfied, right? We all feel that way as adults and children. Um, but there's such a bigger picture here because our programs are just that, right? They're programs. It's not just putting food in the schools and letting kids eat, right? In the same way that a cafeteria or, you know, um, somebody who's kind of um, providing um, a missing service. 
Um, so these programs are operated at the school level and they're used in many cases as a way to help either educate a child or children or um, engage them in activities, um, which we really, really love to see. So a child might have an IEP. Um, and they, part of their IEP is that they need to learn how to, con uh, excuse me, communicate better or use eye contact or follow directions, right? Or move around. So that nutrition program would be used to help that child develop those skills that they need to develop. Um, a lot of them will actually take on students as uh, volunteers within programs. And Lina, perhaps you've seen some of this in well in schools as well, um, where children, students, will actually help with chopping vegetables, serving the younger kids when they come through to sit at their breakfast club or their lunch program. Um, they're taking food orders, so they're actually helping with inventory or receiving deliveries or you know, unpacking boxes, creating a menu. Some high schools even bring students uh, grocery shopping with them. So there's a lot of different ways that nutrition um, is used in the classroom to educate for various life skills, hard skills, and also, in fact, help children learn and improve their ability to learn. Do you think that the kids even realize the life skills, the soft skills, the hard skills they are benefiting from? Or does it just become so normal to them that, A, I look forward to the program, and all of the benefits they are reaping because of it are equipping them for for a good life and they don't even realize it yet. Is that a fair kind of guess or? Yeah, I think that there's, it, it really depends on the program itself. So I'll share um, my daughter's experience at a school in Niagara Falls that has a cooked sit down breakfast club. And they actually have students sign up and almost apply to volunteer within that program. So they would reach out to grade sixes to grade eights. Those students are actively applying for a role and, and listing reasons why they feel they could participate. So things like, I'll show up every day, I commit to doing that, I know how to cook, I whatever, right? I, I have knife skills or utensil skills, that sort of thing. And then they have to come and show up every day. So those students who are participating, they actively understand what they're doing. And I, you know, and I, I encouraged my daughter after seeing this program, I encouraged her to do so because she wants a job when she turns 14. Mm -hmm. So here's your resume hard skills. Other students don't understand, or no, I shouldn't say understand. They don't necessarily see it as black and white, right? So they're just doing it because they love to be chosen to do something fun that's not a normal activity in their classroom. Um, they, you know, they do need to actually remove themselves from the classroom for maybe 15 or 20 minutes and move around. And so they're doing that without necessarily realizing that they're contributing to the bigger environment or the bigger community at their school. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to add something, just something that Megan told me the other day. Um, her daughter was at um, the, new, the, the program at the school and there was another student there who asked like, why are we even doing this? And Megan's daughter spoke up and said, well, look at all the skills that we are, are getting from this, right? And um, it could go on our resume one day. So now you're having a peer teaching another peer or mentoring another peer in that situation. Like she was aware enough um, because of, you know, uh, good modeling um, 
and to share it with another student. So I think it get like they know, but they don't know. And, you know, it's, you know, it's direct and indirect and they're just sharing it within each uh, within themselves. So I think that's really great. I hope it's okay. I should. What I'm loving about this conversation is just when I thought I knew a lot about Niagara Nutrition Partners, my mind is just blown in that it's so much grander. There are so many more layers and complexities and social benefits than I initially realized. And just, ah, as if I didn't like Niagara Nutrition Partners enough before, it just, how do you not care about an organization that, again, is benefiting students on so many different levels. Now, I want to shift gears back to the last time that uh, NNP was on the show because a phrase was used then and it has still rattled around my brain. And I mean, it has is continued to appear in the news as Niagara Nutrition Partners and school programs have faced challenges. And the moment that Niagara Nutrition Partners was on last. The question was framed along the lines of, you are facing a perfect storm of obstacles. That was then, what does that storm, mountain, hill of obstacles look like today? Does it still exist? Has it grown? Has it, I would love to hope that it diminished, but what is the reality today versus, I'm gonna say about a year plus ago? Um, so I can just talk about at least one of those obstacles, um, being the CDW overseeing schools in Welland. Um, in Welland, one of the obstacles is the dr dramatic increase of enrollment, right? We've seen that over the last year or two since COVID. Um, we have schools here that I was just at a school this morning. Um, their enrollment increased a hundred, hundred students since September. Like it's, it's, it's. It's a lot. Um, they had to bring in 15 portables uh, to meet the demand of the increase um, in students. Um, I was at another school last week. They've also had a sharp rise in um, student enrollment as well and population. So as student population grows, so does the need for food. So as people are struggling everywhere with high grocery costs, at the grocery store, we see them in our own lives, right? Like we're we're going to the grocery stores, we're seeing the increase in um, in cost. Um, those you know those families who are struggling, they're 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 getting hit a little bit harder, right? So, um, and the great part of our program, it's it's universal, right? So this universal program allows for all the students um in in those schools right like there's just a and, and one of the so the school that i was at this morning she said um not only is it an increase but the change of demographic has changed as well too um it used to be you know all one but now there's a lot of new development with um affordable you know affordable housing and so a lot of people are renting so they're they're it, it's just changing that demographic of who's coming to school Right. So again, our universal program allows for all students to have access to food that's available despite their situation. And uh, so as the need uh, for um, as the population grows, need grows. And so families begin to rely on the services that we have in the school and our service. I think um, the, the access to food is one thing that's that families are beginning to recognize, appreciate and, and rely on. Um, and we just hope that we can relieve that burden a little bit for the for those families. So that I can speak just to the school population right now and enrollment in Welland. So maybe Jess, you have something else to add? 
Yeah, so I think last time we talked uh, in terms of that perfect storm of obstacles and the impact that it was having on running our program. So like expenses for food, equipment, delivery, it was all increasing at, at extremely alarming rates. Um, unfortunately, I don't have great news and it continues mm -hmm. to, to increase. Um, and so each program is becoming more expensive to maintain as a result. Um, as Megan mentioned earlier, our mandate is to provide fresh, preferably local, um, high quality foods at all times. So three food groups are always offered to each student, uh, fruit, veg, grain, dairy product. Um, this is truly what the kids deserve, but significant cost does come with that. Um, so as Lynna mentioned, as families uh, continue to rebuild from pandemic-related losses and then now um, struggle through inflation, uh, the cost of housing, et cetera, um, our programs have become that much more important within the school system. Um, I always share, every time I talk, I always share poverty doesn't have a neighborhood. Mm -hmm. We have no idea what is going on behind someone's closed doors. Um, and as we move into this new way of living, um, the term house poor comes to mind, um, and people are talking about it a lot more often. So you can have this big, beautiful home in a very nice neighborhood, um, but there's no groceries in the fridge uh, behind that door. So that, that's the whole concept of the universal programming is that we don't stigmatize. We don't ask why someone might be hungry. It doesn't matter. Everybody's included. Everybody's welcome. There's fresh, healthy food waiting for you at school. Um, it's just a really immediate way to meet kids where they're at, and everybody can benefit, no matter whether they have um, issues with poverty or socioeconomic status. There's an array of reasons why kids come to school hungry. And it could be something as simple as they didn't have time to make breakfast on the way out the door. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's where we're at. Um, but it has become a lot more difficult and it continues to be difficult to meet that demand and that need. So at the same time that you are facing the obstacles, at the same time that you are still day in, day out meeting that need, you are also crusade, we're going to say crusading for school nutrition programs and not just Niagara Nutrition Partners, but school nutrition programs in general. And the term was coined in the news within the last, I'm really bad with concept of time right now. So I'm going to say the last six months, but it may have even been a bit longer or shorter. But the notion that the, the fight for school nutrition program funding began in Niagara. I'm not sure who of you is the best to speak to that, but if we were the ground where that line was drawn that we need help, this is um, help us. What did that look like? How did it come to that moment? And then what is what has transpired since that, that fight began? Is there a light at the end of the tunnel? Is it just, a, I guess, how... How tired are the contenders having been in this in this fight? So it has been a fight, um, but it's a worthwhile fight. And it's something that we need to continue advocating for and, and using our voice. Uh, basically, we need to be the voice for, for the students. Um, we are the grateful recipients of funding from the Ministry of Children and Children, Community, and Social Services. So that's the provincial uh, government. Um, but that funding only covers a portion of the cost for each program. It's about 15%. 
Um, and that funding has remained stagnant since 2014, despite the cost of inflation and that perfect storm of obstacles that we've talked about. Um, and Niagara Nutrition Partners is not alone in this fight either. It's uh, all student nutrition programs across Ontario and across Canada for that matter. Um, so we, we actually started, um, we started to speak loudly um, and stomp the pavement uh, throughout Niagara. I think it would, would have been last March when schools were really struggling to continue on until June. Um, it, it was a heartbreaking time uh, because with the inflation and increase in school population, especially in places like Niagara Falls where they welcomed a very large number of refugees and asylum-seeking families, uh, it just our, our budgets were dwindling and they were dwindling at an alarming rate. Um, and so we had to speak up and we had to go directly to the provincial government for some help. Um, and they, they did step up, so temporarily they gave um, a little bit of a, a, um, a leg up to, to all student nutrition programs across Ontario. And we had a, a wonderful community effort. Uh, community rallied around mm -hmm. us and, and chipped in and, and helped some of these programs continue until June. We had an anonymous local donor through the United Way uh, that basically saved uh, a good number of our programs. Um, we had about 16 programs that were paused momentarily and a lot of programs that had to reduce their capacity. So that meant that uh, students who were getting three full food groups were all of a sudden dialed back to say one thing, like a granola bar, um, which wasn't okay and again, heartbreaking. Uh, so anyways, we, we went to Queen's Park, we spoke with um, our MPPs locally, they did so much for us, they, they spoke on our behalf, they, they really just became a part of, of the fight that we're in. Uh, everybody sees the value in what we're doing, and they see the benefit of putting food in front of children. It's the most immediate way that we can provide some relief to families. Um, so in September, I, I'm sure some have heard, uh, there was an announcement from the provincial government that $5 million was being invested across Ontario in student nutrition programs, um, which is great because it was an, an, an acknowledgement, again, uh, to the work that we were doing. But $5 million spread across Ontario, you can imagine, um, doesn't go very far. So that equals about four cents extra per student, and it was a one-time investment. So even though that acknowledgement was there, it's not enough to create some sustainability. So we're continuing to advocate, we're continuing to speak out, um, social policy uh, uh, makers are, are speaking out on our behalf, and so we're really hoping that in the next Ontario budget, there, there will be some room for advancement in student nutrition. Um, but the, the bigger picture is the federal government actually in um, 2021, I believe, uh, promised a national school food program. That has not come to fruition yet. And we are the only G7 nation without one. Mm -hmm. um, so that is something that we're looking to our local community to speak out and up for as well, because that will solve not everything, but it will create some sort of sustainability within our programs. Um, and if all those different levels of government are working together, I think we can do some pretty impactful work. As we wind down our conversation, what is the 
motivation. What is that drive across all of you, across the Niagara Nutrition Partners team, which is more than just the three that I have the pleasure of sitting with today. What is that drive that keeps you in this game? Let, let's say in this fight, because there are, there are still obstacles, there are still challenges, but you are showing up day in, day out. You are supporting students. What is it that, what is the why behind that? Because uh, there's, there's got to be something there. Yeah. So I can feel this all, I'm sure we all have an answer to that question without question. Um, it's, it's, so the role of a community development worker and Jessica, who is our program manager, spent many years as a community development worker as well. And our role is to form relationships with every single school that we work with. So I have 35 schools. Lena has how many? 37. 37. Um, we're forming relationships with the school principals, with the secretaries, with the teachers, the educational assistants, every single person that's involved in some capacity with their own student nutrition program. Um, also, there's community volunteers and parents, and of course, as we mentioned, students. And so we see, um, we see firsthand what a program looks like to each school. And we see that each school has their own program. It's, it's created by the school. We fund them. We ensure that they're following, you know, really important mandates, you know, the nutrition part, the sustainability part, that sort of thing, the universality. But they create a program that is exactly what those students need for themselves. Um, whether it's a cooked breakfast club with students volunteering or whether it's, you know, food in the classroom you know, whether it's a grab and go or, you know, they're choosing different times of day that they're offering foods. And it's all based on this, the needs of the students at that particular school. And so it's a community that they've created surrounded by food, right? Or, or it's it, the focus is on food and feeding children. Um, we see food as a parent and somebody who works here with Niagara Nutrition Partners. As a parent, I see food in the classroom as a learning tool, just like a pen or a pencil or a Chromebook or books, right? Like a child needs that in order to learn and function and, and, you know, do the best that they can. And so, we also saw last March or before last March what each program looked like when they had to reduce. We sat around a table and we allocate funding to our programs based on our relationship, based on what we know about that specific program, right? So funding isn't necessarily given out, you know, all kind of without without thought. It's given out very specifically to the needs of that school. And so knowing that a particular school wasn't going to get what they needed to function or to complete the year, um, knowing that that school didn't have the ability to fundraise because they might be in a community where fundraising is extremely difficult for those families. Um, that definitely keeps us going because we know that they just need sustainable, reliable funding to support the needs of their students. and. And in Niagara Falls, but also Welland, mm, there's significant population growth. And a lot of that population growth happened suddenly for many schools. And so they were calling us saying, we're getting 100 new students. We need a fridge. We need more equipment. We need more food. We need more money. We're looking at our budget. And this isn't going to get us through to the end of the school year. Um, we need to have reliable funding so that 
those programs can function in the way that they need um, for their students and their community. Do you have anything, Elena, to add? Um, no, you, you did a great job. I, like on a simpler, like more basic note, like one of the things that keeps us motivated is because we do have that relationship with the schools, with the nutrition uh, coordinators and with the staff at each school. What keeps us motivated is that we know we're making a difference. Um, we know because we hear, we get feedback. We get feedback from the students, the teachers, um, principals, um, volunteers, um, and we see it when we go in for our, we, we go, we're mandated to go and have a site assessment um, and a site visit at each school. And so we can see the difference that we're making. And that alone gives us the motivation to keep moving forward um, in this fight. Well, thank you for finding that motivation to keep moving forward because I like the idea that you equated nutrition to being a learning tool. Mm -hmm. So finding that motivation to provide such an essential, most basic learning tool that will help students in that moment, but help them essentially through the rest of their lives. My goodness, thank you for the work you do. Thank you for being true partners across the entire Niagara community in the school system. And just as, as kids, kids age out of the school system, you've equipped them with, with lifelong tools. So wonderful, wonderful to have all of you here today. Thank you for bringing word to, of Niagara Nutrition Partners to the What's Up Well in podcast. And it's safe to say I cannot wait to welcome you back for a future episode. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. As a region-wide initiative that delivers nutrition programs in schools throughout Niagara, the Small But Mighty team at Niagara Nutrition Partners is always working hard to ensure students have access to snack options that are healthy, balanced, and support their ability to learn. Thank you Jessica, Megan, and Lina for highlighting the work NNP is doing and also bringing awareness to the challenges your programs are currently facing. If you want to learn more about what Niagara Nutrition Partners is doing, check out their link in today's show notes. As always, if you want to know what's going on with What's Up Welland, check us out at engagewelland.ca slash podcast. Mm -hmm.